What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. I've got a very special guest, zoom in all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. His name is James Perdue. He is the professor of perseverance. James, thank you so much for joining us today. Please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about your background. Well, just a little bit uh, that um, one of them person that uh, growing up felt like I was a, uh, what do you want to call, uh, invincible. Invincible that, that nothing was going to stop me. And I wanted to be a professional athlete, a professional baseball player. I got to play one college game. The very next day, a bunch of people were out on the campus playing football. Now, no helmets, no pads, nothing protective, but we were playing tackle. And a guy hit me when I wasn't ready and broke my neck on that day. And so that's what led, led me where I'm at today. Wow, that is, that's got to be a tough thing to, 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 a tough pill to swallow at that point in your life. So why don't you tell us like how you overcame that and to what brought you to where you are today? And it was definitely a bitter pill to swallow because of wanting to be this professional athlete. My father died when I was 16. So I had to grow up and be the man of the family. So I was hoping with becoming a professional, I can help take care of my mom, take care of my brothers, give my mom this new house, new cars and stuff like that. Take care of my brothers. You know, you know, and they tell people, say, you know, you used to hear those uh, things called a mail order bride. I was going to get my mo mother a mail order groom, you know, to help take care of her some since my father passed away. And so, yeah, so when I was uh, that day when the guy hit me, I didn't, uh, I'd scored a touchdown. And when I turned towards everyone, I saw something on the right side of my peripheral vision. I don't know what it was. I just saw, I felt contact, my shoulder high, and then I heard a loud pop. Oh. And both of us went to the ground. And on that day, one of us returned to her feet. And I'll give you a hint, it wasn't me. Yeah. Wow. That's That's got to be really, really hard. I mean, um, I'm not an athlete as far as group sports are concerned, but I'm a bodybuilder. So um, I would have, knock on wood, I would have a really hard time with that. But you've definitely overcome and you are um, a shining example of what perseverance and um, overcoming is all about. So why don't you talk to us about the ABCs of overcoming adversities? Because I see that that's part of your bio. Let's, let's hear a little bit more about that. The ABCs, it took me, I, of course, after getting into, you know, hearing that I would never walk again, possibly not move from my neck down. And at the age of 19, the doctors, physicians talked to my mom and brothers and advised to put me in a nursing home at the age of 19. Well, thankfully, we were hard-headed, and I guess maybe that invincibility that I thought I was made us do things our way, and so we formed our own physical therapy and did what we could to get as strong as I could and be independent as possible. And so during that time, uh, I became an award-winning educator, coached a state championship team in basketball, received a doctoral degree, and so, you know, did all that. But what had happened with the ABCs, it took me a while to figure this out, but uh, step by step is, is what it came to. A was meant to be accept your adversity. Finally, when you accept what's going on in your life, you don't have to like it. You don't have to love it. You can spit at it and hate it all you want to, but you finally have to accept this is the way life is going to be. Now we've accepted it. Now let's go to B. Let's begin battling. And how do we battle? 
whatever we're going through, in my case, spinal cord injury, I needed to research spinal cords, injuries, see what happens, talk to people with spinal cord injuries, check with other organization groups, rehabs, and see what I needed to do to make things better. So I began my battle by exploring and finding best information as possible to help me get through this. And then C, I decided it was uh, now it's now you got the education. Now let's go in and conquer the challenge. Yeah. All right. Now we've got all we got all what we need. And now let's full speed ahead and conquer the challenge as best of our ability. Wow. That you are. So regardless of that setback early on in life, you have been a powerhouse. Like you've just you're driving forward. You are like a, you're a force to be reckoned with. So I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. So when you decided to overcome the, those challenges of what, how, the changes that came into your life, like what was the first, like, what did that look like for you? And how, how did you get to a place where you were just like in your head, like, that's it. I'm just, I'm not going to let this defeat me. I'm going for this, that X, Y, and Z. And the X, Y, Z again is ABC. And so, how you like it? Twisted. Yeah, I know, I know, but you can't twist it around. You got to talk about the, like, how you just decided, like, yes, I get that. And that's a great, that's a great roadmap for people that aren't able to get there and and to bring them back, to keep them on track, to keep, to train their mind, not to go into a negative place. But for you, there had to be a defining moment when you created the, this ABCs and you said, you know what, that's it, regardless of the circumstance. I am going to push forward and I'm going to live my best life. The defining moment came the day that I really accepted my adversities. Okay. All right. Accepted spinal cord injury, which was the same day that I lied to my family and lied to myself. What had happened is the first five years of my injury, I went to 18 different rehabs trying to find that cure to walk. That's how bad I want to get up. I know I never played baseball again, right. just to get up and walk. And then going, um, a lot of them are one-day interviews, going to Knoxville for one-day evaluation, go to Atlanta Shepherds for one-day evaluation, driving all the way to Pennsylvania for a one-day evaluation. And so a lot of them one-day evaluation, but my project I spent three months with, but after five years, I finally, I decided, you know, and, and told my family again, lied to them, lied to myself at that time, that not that I'm quitting, trying to walk again, but I need to put it on the back burner because if I'm going to have a good life, I need to get some type of education, something to go ahead and get a job, something's going to get me out in the community. And so now it's time to put it on the back burner. Again, when I tell people I've lied to them, I never went to another rehab after that. I never, yep. I mean, not that I wasn't planning on it, sure. but it never came across anymore. And so I, I probably didn't lie to everybody at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But years later, it ended up being a lie. Yeah. So, but once I really woke up to it and decided, you know, we got to accept this and move on and, and go and get the best life as p- better as possible. I didn't know a lot of people in wheelchairs that were working and stuff. So that's why I figured I need to go get an education sure. and get a degree. So you didn't just get an education. You are like, you're a professor, you got a PhD and you're a doc. I mean, you've got, you went above just getting an education. <laughs> How long did that take you to achieve all that? I got my associates, bachelors, and it took me, I tell people, it took me eight, over eight years to get a two-year degree when I first, because I would go 
couple of semesters and quit and go another yeah. couple of semesters. That's in their first five years. I was also looking for that was 18 rehab. Finally, I decided to wake up and go. I finally finished the two-year degree in one year. Then I went and get got the other two years done in two and a half years. And then got my master's done. It's the two-year program. Got it done in one year. Wow. And then I didn't go back to like 14 years later and got my doctoral degree and got it done in three and a half, I think. So amazing. I tell I tell people said if, if I wouldn't have broke my neck, I would have never graduated in the first place because my focus was so much on the sport. Yeah. So I, I only wanted I only tell people I went to college for three reasons. One, hopefully get drafted. Two, to party, and three, meet all the women I could meet. Had no intentions of ever graduating. Do you feel so? I do you think that a lot of athletes have that same mentality? I think the ones that they think have a good shot of getting drafted mm-hmm. to go pro, I think so. For the ones that that are in reality, that know I'm pretty good, I'm I'm decent, I probably don't get drafted. They probably do have the mindset to finish their degree. But sure. the ones that are the, the more of elite, I, I think they have that because there's there's too many of them, especially in college. They'll go one year and get out of it and go pro. So I think that I think it's their their mindset is yeah, is this. I think just like an artist being an athlete, it's um, I think it's a little bit harder to really dial that that intellectual side of you into to study. I mean, I know that I personally struggle with that. I'm I'm more hands on than book learning. I mean, I love to read when I get a good book and I can focus in on it. I can read it no problem. But when I it, I get distracted easily, I mean, I almost would think I have a little bit of ADD when it comes to that. So, I mean, that's, that's actually amazing. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> no, no, we talked about this a minute ago before we got started. It's a nice piece of paper sitting on the wall. It's that, you know, other than that, it's, it, I mean, it gave me something to do. I was teaching and coaching and I was planning to advance my career to get out of the, uh, I was teaching seventh, seventh graders and I was ready to move on in life. And so that's why I went to get my doctorate. A friend of mine was working on his. He kept saying, James, you get your doctorate. James, I go, no, no, no. And finally, some other case things happen. And I said, yep, I'm getting this and get out of this situation and go teach somewhere else. Tell us about working with seventh graders because teenagers are paying the butt. <laughs> teenagers can be exactly. And um, you know, they, they're, they're still trying to explore, trying to learn themselves, trying to find their group to fit in. And yeah, third, first 30 seconds, they're as good as could be. Next 30 seconds, man, do you want to pitch them out the window? And then they turn around 45 seconds later and they're back to their good mood again. So it, they're, I mean, they're, they're, you just have to you just have to make them understand that you still care for them and whatever they do to that day you can't harvest it and keep it in you just the next new day give them a new chance and go from there you would be amazed with some of the ones that we called troubled kids that i've seen in the community after i got out of teaching i've seen them in our community and they'll come up and tell me thank you for not giving up on me Aww. and they and i told them say you know not all of us in the right mentality, just like uh, anything we're going through. Not all of us in the same mentality to do what's going on. Some of us still got to grow and mature. And I said, I would tell, I would tell their parents because they would go, I can't understand why their grades are where they're at. I can't understand. I said, they're smart. Don't get me wrong. And he said, how can you say that with this grade? I said, I guarantee you when they're 16 and they got to go pass that driver's license test, 
they'll know that book from front to back. So they can get that driver's license to be able to go drive with their friends. Oh, yeah. I said, I said, what the problem is, they're not interested in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I said, but when they figure out whether it's going to be a mechanic, plumber, electrician, or go to school to be a rocket scientist, once they finally realize what they want to do, they'll give all full force to be able to get that, to be able to do it. They'll dial it in. So I'm the oldest of five. So I have two sisters and two brothers underneath me. And yeah, I, teenage years were rough being, you know, being the oldest. And so I, I, I know that that roller coaster ride that you go on with, I mean, I'm not innocent. I mean, I was a teenager, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm sure I put my parents to the same thing, but you know, I'm like, oh yeah, Hey, I was the oldest. <laughs> so I, I just know, but yes, yeah, so when they dial in, when they finally figure out what they want, they tend, I feel like the the, the black sheep or the troublemakers or, you know, whatever, they tend to really do great things in life. And, and what's, what's the old saying? Uh, people with C's get degrees. You know, there's a lot of people, there's a vast, I, I don't know the outstanding number percentage, but I talked with uh, one teacher that it was called a search program. It's with people that straight A students gifted and everything. And she gave me a, a number, this is years ago, about how many of these straight A students don't finish their college degrees because they think they're better than the professor or they already know this, why should I be taking it? And then she gave me even a number of how many are homeless because I'm so smart, I shouldn't start off at a minimum wage job. I should already start off making $100 an hour. And so they become homeless. Wow, I didn't even, that's some interesting information I've never heard before. So you just, I just learned something new. Um, I have, there's one of these questions on here. You got some great questions actually, but I know that I personally as much of a positive person that I am, that I sometimes struggle to stay positive because life, you know, life happens, shit happens, excuse my language. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you, you have to learn how to, how to adapt to those situations and, and be able to stay positive. So what do you do and how do you stay positive in your life? A friend, and again, don't get me wrong, like you said, life happens and I've gone downhill as much as everybody else. It, it just a short 12 years ago, I attempted suicide. Here I am, you know, getting a doctorate degree, coach the state championship team. I've been coach uh, of the year, educator of the year, and went downhill, attempted suicide three times in three days. That's how bad I wanted out. And so don't, don't get hey, me wrong. I've been down there. I've been down the road. So what it happens, of course, I tell people, I, I try, try to lighten the mood when I tell them the suicide. I said, sure. you know, when you, when you live through a suicide attempt, they make you see a psychiatrist or a psychologist like that. And so that psychologist meeting with him advised me, said, you know, you've got a story you need to get out and tell people. So that's what got me into my professional speaking, doing my YouTube now, podcasting to get out and get a positive word out. A friend of mine, and this is a great, great thing, a friend of mine, her name Jan, her father told her, it's okay to visit Pityville, but it's not okay to move in. Right. So I think when we get a little depressed, now we get so severe where we're attempt, uh, thinking suicide attempted, we need to go get help. All right. But uh, we're going to get down and out. I think it's okay because we reflect back on how far we have really come in life. And how far we have really grown and how much we have really gained in life. And then it puts us back on that positive road again. Wow. I love it. That was really good. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm almost bringing me to tears a little bit. Um, 
Share three life lessons. That's a good one. Life lesson. One, I think we're here to serve people. I think we should help whenever possible. All right. We can't do everything. Don't cut yourself so thin that you can't help yourself. Because if you can't help yourself, you're not helping anyone. So I think whenever possible, I mean, if I, like I'm in a wheelchair, so I can't mow someone's yard, but that doesn't mean I can't find someone that needs a yard mowed and send them over there to help the other person. Right. All right. I'm also a believer of life lesson number two. We don't have to spend a lot of money to help people. All right. For example, I was driving down the road one day and I go, so I'm in a wheelchair, had a friend with me and somebody was cleaning their garage out and I saw a lawnmower by the road. Somebody needs a lawnmower, right? And so I said, hey man, get that lawnmower, put it in the trunk of my car. And my brother lived down the road, so I was going to drop it off to him. He gets out and the guy goes, a guy hollers to my friend and says, it doesn't work. He goes, James, he said it doesn't work. I said, we just put it back here anyway. So you're ready to put it up there. The guy says, I said it don't run. I said, just put it in there. said, we can always throw the motor away and use the frame from another one tore up. So we took it to my brother's. And my brother, we got over there and looking at it, and he's pulling it on the string and everything, cool. And then we got over there. He opens up the gas tank, pours gas in, and pulled it three times. Some We gave it <laughs> someone. They used it for three years. It didn't run because the dude didn't put gas in it. All right? That's that movie Sling Blade, right? Sling Blade, he says, all it needs is gasoline. So, yeah. Oh, my God. We gave the lawnmower to somebody. that could eat, and They used it for three years before it finally tore up. Yeah. So we don't have to, you don't have to spend a lot of money. There's life left in there too to help somebody, especially when income tax time comes. Yeah. People want to upgrade their TV, upgrade their microwave, upgrade something, and they'll put something by the road that still works. Collect yeah. it. Did you, find somebody tell, you ever tell it. your neighbor? You ever tell them or whoever that was that all you have to do is put some gas in it? <laughs> no, I didn't even go back down there, it, but it would have been funny. Yeah, man, it, you're right. It didn't work. That, that, should your, gasoline. that should be your new like slogan here. Uh, learn my ABCs and put some gas in it. There you go. Keep <laughs> some gas in the tank. That's right. So, and then third lesson, hey, stay positive. You know, we're going to see, you know, we're going to go through everything. You know, I tell people, you know, what's the other thing? You can't have a, can't have a rainbow without the storm. You can't have whatever, whatever. And I tell people, said, you know, sometimes we have to walk through that cow shit to be able to get to the rose garden you know, the fertilizer to get to it. And you're going to realize one day when you see the light at the end of the tunnel and you know it's not a freight train coming, you're in great shape. Amen. Woo! Love that. So in the last 12 years, what did you feel is one of your greatest accomplishments after everything that you've um, done so far? Well, uh, I mean, I, other people may say education stuff. Nah, Again, I think it's serving others. I, sadly to say, I got this ball player that I coached years ago, and uh, he's in prison now. Oh. And he, he got caught up selling dope and stuff, and he's got a 17-year sentence. And so I don't want him to think that all his friends have left him, abandoned him. And yeah. so I sent him one of my books at Christmas time for him to have to read my book, and then I'll send him another one after he get time and just correspond writing to let him know that not everybody's abandoned him. You know, we all make mistakes and, you know, let's learn from it and have a better life when you get out. You just filled my heart with so much joy. That was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, 
before we start wrapping things up, is there any last words or can you, can you plug where people can get in touch with you or if they want to work with you or, you know, whatever that, that is that where, where can they find you? <laughs> All right. Main thing I tell people, go ahead and Google professor of perseverance. That's professor of perseverance. You'll get my website, professor of perseverance.com, Facebook, face perseverance, professor of perseverance, you also my podcast, Professor of Perseverance podcast, where I interview people who have going through tragedies and how they overcome their, you know, their uh, challenges as well. So who, who I interview. So if you go through them through the Professor of Perseverance Google, you'll find me. And last thing I would I would say that we're all we're all going through something. Some yeah. of it's not as difficult or as hard as the others. Yeah. But don't don't discount how small or how big or, you know, don't compare your your challenge against someone else. But I believe we go through some challenges, difficulty so we can learn how strong we really are. So, boom, boom, I got fireworks going on. Yeah, you need to have fireworks going off behind you. That was some there you go. Boom. There you go. some really good shit. Excuse my language. Hey. But anyway. That was good. <laughs> I got a little bit of potty mouth. Sorry. <laughs> hey, it's your podcast on your potty, right? Oh, that's right, man. That you are incredible. You are awesome. I would love to have you back anytime, James. But uh, I that was just so rewarding, so inspiring. You've got an incredible story, and I can't wait to share it with the world and uh, keep doing what you're doing because you telling your story gives someone the courage to, to deal with theirs and tell theirs and, and let it, let it loose so they can feel free. Kind of, you know, living label free. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you for having me here and to give me this opportunity. You know, you're, you've been an awesome host as well. Oh, uh, thank you very much. All right, you guys, this is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and share, and I'll be back very soon with more dynamic guests.